tuned in to KVNF's live call-in gardening show. I'm your host, Jill Spears, and I'm here, of course, with Lance Swaggart, giggling <laughs> yeah. into the microphone. How are you tonight, Lance? I'm good. Good. Super excited tonight to welcome our guest, Ryan Ganaway from Elk Mountain Pharmacy here in Peonia. Good evening, Ryan. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us. Um, excited to talk about what Elk Mountain Pharmacy is. And why don't you give us just the scoop on that real quick? Yeah, so um, we are a fermentation business uh, based here in Paonia, and our backbone is basically local food for local people. It's medicinal fermentation, so long-term fermentation um, for uh, many reasons. We can get into that later, but uh, basically medicinal fermentation. All right, so we're going to be talking about fermented foods and some other um, products that Elk Mountain Pharmacy, and that's F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. I love that. It's a great, <laughs> great business name. And we're call-in show. We are live, 970-527-4868-866-KVNF-NOW, and you can email us, worm at kvnf.org. So call up and ask Ryan a question as we talk about fermented foods. All right, great place to ferment foods here in Paonia. And you actually moved here to be a farmer. I did, yeah, uh, almost 10 years ago now. <laughs> nice, yeah. Uh, it's a great place to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And how did you get started with taking farming into fermentation? Yeah, working on farms, I realized there are such an abundance of vegetables, especially at the end of the harvest season, uh, which is wonderful so abundant here but the problem with that was processing them all and turning them into something that we can enjoy the rest of the year because we don't get those vegetables so fresh and um, in the middle of winter so that was what kind of kick-started it for me was just seeing that and then also my own kind of personal experience with health uh, I have celiac disease and was going through a little bit of a health crisis uh, right around that time and I just really focused on fermentation and a really clean macrobiotic diet uh, and realized the benefits of fermentation so it was a right. twofold uh, thing. Yeah and that's really come around and been a little bit more mainstream in the past few years people understanding mm -hmm. how important that gut biome is yeah. um, to your overall health so excited to have you here and talk about that. Um, so yeah, a lot of veggies and abundance <laughs> of produce at the end of the season. And what sort of, um, vegetables are you looking for, for your fermentation process? The backbone of my kimchi recipes, which is a big bulk of what I make is uh, Napa cabbage or any kind of Asian, uh, cabbage in that regard. And then, uh, the other big ingredients, just a green cabbage, which grows really well here. Um, and big players also are a lot of root vegetables. Uh, you know, I get carrots from Lance every year. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't want to get them anywhere else. <laughs> um, and we can also go into why those local vegetables have transformed my fermentation process and made this such a special product because they're so local and grown the way they are here. Um, but yeah, lots of, uh, lots of varieties. I can really take anything and ferment it. Yeah, you come up with some really uh, good recipes, so yeah. very experimental and um, successful at it. So let me ask you this, in the firm, uh, using local stuff instead of stuff from the stores, I bet you the fermentation is different. Absolutely. Uh, mm. It's kind of 
unbelievable how different it is using local vegetables for a couple reasons. So when I buy vegetables locally from farmers, they're usually harvested that day, the day before, um, you know, or even hours before I show up. And because of that, those vegetables have so much more water and nutrients, and they're not put in a walk-in fridge, which sucks out Mm. moisture and sucks out um, really good flavors. So that's a huge part of why it tastes completely different than, like, if you buy a store carrot, it tastes very different from a carrot Mm -hmm. that you buy from Lance. Yes, very much And the fermentation process, what it does with vegetables, it not only makes the nutrients more bioavailable, but it brings out complexities in these vegetables that you don't get when you eat them raw. And it's really cool to see those flavors, like, just kind of explode um, with the local vegetables. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, so you mentioned kimchi, and um, you also do krauts. And so how are those two things different? So my process is all the same for every uh, recipe that I have. I ferment in uh, big, giant, ceramic, traditional pots, and I ferment for three months as my minimum. A lot of stuff goes for five months or even longer. So the process stays the same no matter what the recipe is. Traditionally, those words are from different cultures, and um, so kimchi's Korean and sauerkraut's German. Uh, the thing with America is that we really don't have, uh, you know, traditionally fermented mm-hmm. food. So I think I kind of stole those uh, names <laughs> yeah. um, and made my own recipes from them. Sure, sure. Um, and you mentioned the timing, or uh, is there different veggies that you're going to ferment for longer? Can you leave them in there for long? I mean, is it that part of the recipe, the timing of the fermentation cycle? Over the years, I've noticed if you have the right amount of salt, the right temperature, uh, cut the vegetables a certain way, and you uh, ferment in these big, um, in these big, you know, ceramic thing uh, crocks, then you can ferment anything for any amount of time. Uh, it doesn't really matter the vegetable. I have noticed my my batches that are more root vegetable based with no cabbage. They stay super crunchy, um, and it takes a, a longer longer time for them to break down and become a little bit softer. But with my recipes and the way that I ferment, um, it's pretty standardized now uh, because I have a really nice temperature-controlled room, and my recipes are just really uh, kind of con- you know consolidated now to each batch of what they need, and I know what they do and how they act. You've got your <laughs> system down, and yeah. yeah, you figure it out. Right. Just like making compost. That's right. Yes. You know, you figure it out after. A few years, and then you just stay there. Yeah. Right. Could you give us an example of um, a particular product that you might make and just go through the steps of how you, how you get that done? Yeah. So the first step, was, which is my favorite, uh, well, one of my favorites, is going to get the vegetables because yeah. I love all my local farmers, uh, and it's fun. It's like a little social hour for me. And uh, so I get home, and I have uh, – we used to hand-cut our batches for – five or six years uh, just with a knife and a cutting board oh wow and um, (laughs) it started to get pretty big and I was spending a lot of time on my feet julianing carrots and realized uh, this was a little unsustainable so we have this machine now and it's uh, handmade in Germany 
And it's uh, really, really cool because it keeps the hand-cut quality of our vegetables. There's these different discs that I put on it. So you can make julienne cuts. You can make, you know, uh, quarter, eighth-inch slices. You can do so much with it. So I've people have told me that it looks exactly the same as our hand-cut mm-hmm. quality. Uh-huh. And that really is an important part of this business. If you were to take a cabbage and shred it up and ferment it, you couldn't ferment it for a very long time because it's so fine that the elements and the fermentation process would just basically turn it to mush for the amount of time that I'm fermenting for. So keeping our vegetables hand-cut is such an important part, or the hand-cut quality is such an important part of that long fermentation process. So now we use the machine, which is great and saves us a lot of time. And uh, we cut it up and we put it in this giant vessel We add the right amount of salt to each batch, and then we mix it uh, really thoroughly. That's a huge part of the process, is to mix the salt in so that it's evenly distributed in the batch. And then we pack it in our ceramic crocs. Uh, These crocs are pretty special because the whole fermentation is based, the whole fermentation process is based on an anaerobic Uh, formation of the bacteria. So these crocs, what they do is they have a water seal lid um, on the on the front of them and what this does is it helps the uh, carbon dioxide which is produced during the process escape which needs to happen but then doesn't let any air in. So then it becomes this very Mm. like internal environment for the kimchi or the sauerkraut to make and um, the salt is also uh, an integral part of the the process because it suppresses the bad bacteria long enough for the good ones to start proliferating. And once the good ones take over, they take over. Right. Off to the races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you have to inoculate that or is it on the vegetables? Um, it just happens naturally. Okay. Yeah, it's a lacto-fermentation, lactobacillus fermentation. Okay. Interesting. And so um, it's just salt in the vegetables mm-hmm. packed in that crock. That's going to let carbon dioxide out mm-hmm. and not let air yeah, in. Yeah, I've seen these crocs when you started. My, as I yeah. bet you she has these water seal crocs. Yeah, there used to be someone around here that made them a while back, and they were they're pretty special. Um, what is brine? I always associate brine with somehow fermenting. So none of my kimchi or kraut recipes have brine. Um, I would say, though, something like brine gets formed during the process because what the salt does is it brings out the water in the vegetables as well. And that water is really important to have on the very top of the crock. It's good for the vegetables to be submerged. That's why we put also we put these uh, ceramic stones on top to keep them mm-hmm. submerged under that water. But if you were going to ferment in an actual brine, all that means is it's salt and water mixed together, and my ratio is a cup of salt to a gallon of water. And that's how you ferment pickles or okay. whole vegetables. So mm-hmm. it's a good way if you have, if you want a whole vegetable ferment to get the same lactobacillus and the same like health benefits. The downside to the brined whole ferments is that you can't quite ferment them as long usually. Pickles just become softer after about, you know, six weeks. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. pretty hard to push pickles into the three-month realm without the t- losing the texture. Right, right. What kind of salt? I use a Celtic gray sea salt. Mm-hmm. And you can use a, a really a high-quality salt like that, like a Himalayan pink sea salt. Uh, the thing with my recipes that's really important, though, is the salt is uh, based on uh, volume. It's not based on 
um, I'm sorry, it's based on weight. It's not based on like a cup of salt. Mm, uh, it's okay. based on the weight of the salt. And so if you use a lighter salt like Himalayan, you know, pink sea salt, that's going to be, you're going to end up adding more than what I would add because Celtic sea salt's so heavy. Gotcha. Okay. Um, who are some of your partners that you um, work with here in the valley and, and get all these great veggies from? Yeah, so it started out uh, mostly Mark Walter Meyer at the Soul Whistle Farm just because I worked mm-hmm. there, and we had a great trade. I would work, and uh, he would give me vegetables. And he is still today a huge contributor to the to my business. Uh, he grows all the peppers. Mm, uh, yeah. He grows, you know, like 100 <laughs> varieties of peppers. Right. <laughs> which is crucial for the kimchi and the flavor of it. Um, you know, Lance, of course, is my carrot man. And uh, Rick Zimmerman grows a lot of my Napa cabbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Zephros from Periot to fill in mm-hmm. spots. Um I even use like really small farmers like Stu um, and Paul uh-huh. and uh, uh, Chris Fenning at Grange Road Growers Great uh, yeah. to kind of fill in gaps and or grow something fun. You know, Chris Fenning is going to try to grow ginger this year, which I think would be crazy uh-huh. cool. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. How do you think that's going to do here, Lance? Well, wants it hot. Uh-huh. So it's gonna be, he's going to set it out in June. Okay. Even the oh, soil is warm. Yeah. He might even use black plastic or weed barrier to get that soil even warmer. Mm-hmm. Right, heat it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, you could do it. So you mentioned Mark and his peppers up there. What are some combinations that you find to be super tasty um, in your recipes? Yeah, so me and Mark have a long history of peppers. When I worked at the farm, you know, it'd always be this thing. If you're kind of having a rough day or going a little slow, you just go in the greenhouse and, <laughs> you know, eat some peppers. Set you straight really fast. <laughs> yes. But I have gotten to taste a lot of amazing peppers over the years. And uh, it's been kind of, it's still evolving, actually. Um, you know, he'll grow a pepper and he'll be like, well, try this and in this ferment. And I'll be like, oh, that gives it another depth of flavor. Uh, so over the years, I've gotten some that are very standard in my recipes. He grows this very special pepper called the Fatali pepper and it's uh what's in our really hot kimchi it's also what's in Mm. our hot hot sauce and it has these beautiful like citrusy undertones Ooh, yummy so yeah the peppers just keep evolving i should say (laughs) well he is the evolving pepper man (laughs) he likes it hot (laughs) yeah i love that um and you have some interesting uh product names that i i ran across um power kraut Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> purple haze. Mm. Tell us about that one. I like it. Yes. So the purple haze uh, evolved from accident. We had a surplus of red cabbage and onions that year. And we were, this was at the very beginning of our business. We we really didn't have like concrete recipes yet. We were just trying to figure it out and just make some good kimchi. <laughs> so we put it in the crack, cut it up. And uh, that year it sold even with, within like two weeks. Everybody loved it. Um, it was such a popular flavor. So we're like, all right, this is a recipe. And that's a that's an interesting one because traditionally sauerkraut is cabbage. And traditionally kimchi is, uh, like we were talking about, a Napa cabbage, a softer cabbage with the peppers and the ginger and the garlic. So the purple haze is kind of a fun fusion because it's a red cabbage base, but it does have that ginger garlic pepper blend that mm, traditional wow. kimchis have. Right. And this uh, last summer you did a little bok choy. 
You got some bok choy going in there. Oh, which is so tasty. And um, I think that that's the beautiful part of this business is it gets to like ever evolve into, you know, that's why I love working with local farmers because mostly right. I want to hear, what do you want to grow? You know, what should we try? Um, right. Let's have mm. some fun. Yeah, just mm. trying different things. And I think that's what everybody is so good at here. And then collaborating uh, together and what, yeah, what a plethora and just bounty of, of veggies you have to choose from. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. We are talking with Ryan Ganaway. You're listening to As the Worm Turns on KVNF. You can give us a call, 970-527-4868-866-KVNF-NOW. Elk Mountain Pharmacy is the name of her business. Lots of really great fermented foods to help you heal your your stomach, your, your whole being, actually, mm-hmm. that... Um, gut biome is like the first responder of before even your your immune system you know it's the one that calls your immune system in yeah so absolutely pretty amazing and important system there yeah i like having this stuff yeah 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 it does make a difference and um you've got some other products too which use local plants and those are some of your um tinctures and things can you tell us about that yeah, so the tinctures and the herbs have always been around in my life. I've loved plants as a little kid, um, always. Yeah, always been a huge part of my life. And uh, I got into like really processing herbs and learning more about them about the same time as the kimchi process started happening. I guess just being in this valley, you end up in all these beautiful realms <laughs> sure. of natural medicine. So I, me and my par- my business partner, Jake Saxon, we studied under this Chinese medicine acupuncturist, as a lot of people know, Josh Geeter, he used to have a clinic here, and he taught us kind of all we know about extracting uh, local um, amazing herbs that are just right at our fingertips here, actually. And we're really blessed in, the, in this area, in the West Elks in particular, to have a bounty of these herbs still um, and to be able to turn them into good medicines. Yeah. What are some of the plants that you look for? Yeah, so in the in the early summer is when the arnica starts blooming. Uh, arnica cordifolia is a is like a little yellow sunflower um, plant, and it's super good for uh, sore muscles and joints, chronic injuries. What it does is it kind of pumps your body full of the white blood cells that your body needs for healing. A little bit like nature's topical ibuprofen. Um, and it's, it's just wonderful. I turn it into an oil and into, uh, some other different like methods of application. OSHA root, I harvest in the fall. Uh, so when all of the energy from the year goes into the roots, uh, that's when it has all of its good medicine. And it's also mm. just a kind of a beautiful end of my season. Cause I get to go out in the snow and harvest OSHA and, uh, get ready for like those you, cold you do it nights. that late? I always wait for the first snowfall. Okay. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, which is hard to time uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because it can't be too snowy. <laughs> but it's nice because it really moistens the ground. And so it's so much easier to dig up those roots. And they want to come out of the ground when the ground is really, you know, moist. I mean, in years past, you can harvest uh, earlier in the season. It's not a bad thing. Uh, it's just harder to dig. Right. And, uh yeah, something about that first snowfall, I guess. I'm like, all right, I got to get out there and like um, get cold. <laughs> There's something about rituals that always mm-hmm. add a special something to what you do. So, 
yeah, so getting out there and getting OSHA. And then um, also your nettles. You're, you're big on nettles. I love nettles, yes. So part of my celiac disease is uh, I don't absorb a lot of nutrients from my food. Like I have a hard time with that. And nettles, uh, when I discovered nettles, I was like, this is such a nutrient-dense food um, and medicine at the same time. So I kind of fell in love with them in that regard. Uh, I do put them in my ferments. And uh, with some burdock root and some shallots and those early kind of spring vegetables uh, that your liver needs and that your whole body needs to kind of wake up and uh, just feel alive again. I also do a nettle tincture, which is the uh, same idea, has a lot of those um, amazing nutrients and uh, also combats the seasonal allergies as well if you take it early enough. Uh, so lots of properties with nettles. Yeah. And you just mentioned, it sounds like some of your fermented recipes are super medicinal. I mean, that combination. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's called the earth crown. So the name mm. says a lot about <laughs> the flavor. Um, but, you know, it's that's the cool thing about you wouldn't think that all these flavors would go together sometimes. And I think that's what is so fun about fermentation because you start to combine these flavors and you're like, oh, that is so cool. <laughs> it tasted completely different than it would if it wasn't fermented. And also the really cool thing about fermentation is that it makes the nutrients in the foods so much more bioavailable. Um, I was reading this article that uh, cabbage is 20 times more bioavailable for our bodies if it's fermented. Wow. And so does that mean bioavailable meaning absorption? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. So our bodies can like take those nutrients easier and turn it into what we need it to um, instead of like trying to process it from the raw cabbage. Uh, right. Super important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this valley has a habit of um, growing super nutrient dense food and then you're taking it a whole nother step so that people can absorb it and really have it mm -hmm. help heal them. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a question from uh, Tara who asks, what temperature are you storing your fermented foods at while they're fermenting? Yeah, so the winter it's a little colder just by nature. And that's why my fermentation process uh, just usually is longer because that's how the seasons go around here. I do try to keep that uh, my back room with all my ferments in it 60 degrees at the minimum. Um, and in the summer, it tends to just get a little bit warmer back there no matter what. And it's fine up to probably about like 75 degrees. And then it starts to, to speed up a little too fast. And the only way to combat that, which I like tell people, you know, obviously ferment your own stuff. I would love, I want people to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way to combat that is to add a little bit more salt to your summer ferments uh, because it will just suppress that bad bacteria um, better. Okay. Because uh, in the summer, it'll just get so hot and it'll start going crazy. If there's not enough salt to like suppress it for a long enough time, then the good ones can't really start to take over. And don't let it get too cold because it is a live thing. This is like bacteria we're making. So right. if it gets too cold, then you're not going to really have that fermentation happening. Although it's fine for it to slow down. A lot of my ferments will kind of get going in the fall when I make them. And then they'll slow down a little bit in the winter. And then they'll kind of pick back up in the spring, which is kind of a neat process to, mm -hmm. to observe of the live stuff. Yeah, very much so. There, there it is, that yeah. observation and then tweaking and fine-tuning your system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We have uh, Molly on the line with a question. Hi, Molly. Hey, everybody. 
everybody. Hi. Hi there. Um, <laughs> I was just wondering about, uh, like, water pH at the beginning or, like, if you try to use a certain type of water, like tap water or distilled or, um, yeah, just wondering about do you use any water in the beginning or is it just salt uh, with the vegetables and the water from the vegetables? Yes, so I've actually become extremely uh, jaded when it comes to washing vegetables because (laughs) since I use local vegetables, I don't really have to wash them, Um, and I love that. You know, a lot of my farmers, especially with the Napa cabbage, you just get it out of the field, you cut the stem off, and you just put it in there. That soil, all of our, like, good soil around here is actually an antidepressant um, in itself. So I don't wash a lot of my vegetables um, that go in. I mean, obviously, those are root vegetables, maybe. But the actual fermentation process, I only use the salt to draw out the water in the vegetables. And that's kind of why I was saying it's so important to get, like, fresh vegetables because they're going to have more water in them. I've noticed the difference by just getting cabbage um, the day of and cutting it up and putting that salt in, the water comes out right away um, versus like a cabbage that's been in the walk-in for a couple days. There's just less water in it. Uh, I will say, though, as far as the brined ferments, like the whole vegetable ferments, that you have to use water. Um, I just have a, a really nice water filtration system on my house, and I use that. I feel comfortable with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can't really escape using water for that. So clean water. Yes. <laughs> Green water. Cool. Well, thanks for doing what you do. That's awesome. Thank Great. you. Thanks. thanks for the call, Molly. Good to hear from you. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. bye. All right. Lots going on. And you, um, how do you sell your products? How do you, how can we make some of this happen for ourselves? Absolutely. So I do the farmer's markets um, in the summer. Uh, currently, I do Aspen and Crested Butte on the weekend. And then Mark Waltermeyer sells my products at Arbol. Um, and in Gunnison as well. Uh, and I do have a really cool outside fridge situation. I live right downtown Peony on Main Street. So it's super easy. You come by my house, you get in the fridge, get whatever you want, put money, Venmo, uh, whatever's easy or, you know, local check. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I usually have all my flavors in there. If I don't, you know, you can always call me um, and ask for a special order and I'm happy to get it out there for you. All right. And you are a VOGA member, and you also have a website. Do you want to let people know what that one is? I do. Yeah. It's uh, uh, www.elkmountainpharmacy, and that's with an F, F A R M, dot com. And uh, also, the one thing I wanted to tell the local people is I have a lot of people that are on my subscription program, which is such a cool mm. uh, way to get ferments into your diet. It's better if you can be really consistent with them, like yeah. just a tablespoon a day is all you need. But that consistency, that's what really changes your gut microbiome. And so these subscription pro- the subscription program I have is 20% off, so it's a big discount. And you get a, a quart jar a month, which is what you need for a single person. And you get it all year. And so it's a really easy way to just get uh, ferments in your diet. So I'm really trying mm. to get people hooked. i got to get some more kimchi addicts <laughs> out there. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. I like that. That just takes all of the work out of it. And totally. then are, um, are different recipes available to you? Like, yeah. Yeah, you're in Anything. on the local. Totally. Mm, uh-huh. And you get my really special, special batches, like the Earth Crowd, uh-huh. that I don't sell at markets. So, uh, yeah, you get a couple extras in there. 
Oh, that's awesome. This is really great stuff, um, and we're, it's healing yourself. Mm-hmm. It really is. I think we have underestimated how important um, that gut health is. Um, how do we get hooked up with your subscription program? Can we do that through your website? Or? Yeah, through, do it through my website. Uh, it's super easy. I've hopefully made it easy, I should say. Um, <laughs> put it in the cart um, or call me, and I'll sign you up either way. Um, and also my website's great. You can like look at the products, look at the process, uh, kind of read it more about us and, you know, how we're connected to the community. And I definitely wanted to give, you know, a, a shout out to this community because I think you guys have seen me over the past eight years struggle and not struggle and, um, you know, stay strong with this business. And I really wouldn't be here without, uh, the farmers and just the community support. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome to hear. Um, you do have a great story uh, there. I, I enjoyed going through the website, and um, I just uh, love your philosophy of collective consciousness and, and building society on that. And that mm. is where we are right now, and it's so important. So thank you for sharing that healing message uh, as well. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. This community is pretty amazing. It's fabulous. Yeah. And great to hear hear the stories uh, Mm -hmm. that people have so ryan ganaway from elk mountain pharmacy f-a-r-m-a-c-y um thank you so much for joining us tonight on as the worm turns and look forward to more of you (laughs) yes thank you so much (laughs) all right lance we'll see you again next week we're going to talk winter projects with uh amber yeah all right super thanks for listening to as the worm turns how on earth is coming up next all right. Have a good evening. I don't know who you took a shine to or who you're about to make a sign to. I gotta get that I love so low, 